lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre and Totters, and they're here with me as well. If you would like to join us today, 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. And then like us on Facebook and find us uh, there. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Also check out my new book, the novella sequel to A Nefarious Plot. It's called A Nefarious Carol. And it is dropping on December the 15th. Just weeks away. Time for you to get your advanced copy just in time for Christmas. If you would like, over Amazon.com today and do so. You can also learn more about the book there if you would like. Thanks to all of you that have pre-ordered your copy already. Thank you very much. My children, thank you. You're making it possible for them to have Christmas this year. That is if we don't end up canceling that as well. All right, coming up on the show here today, uh, fake news or not, it's campaign edition. We're going to look at five clips from both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And we're going to play fake news or not with those clips strictly from the candidates. That's coming up a little bit later on. We're going to play Pop Culture Tuesday. What happened last week with Chris Pratt, I found very interesting. But also, I found it somewhat hopeful. And we'll get into that when we discuss the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. That's coming up on uh, the final segment of the program. At the bottom of this hour, hey, some of you are asking me, what happens if Biden wins? Well, one of the battlefronts is going to be, do you, are you allowed to breathe free air or not? You're going to face uh, the battle over the face burka, the face diaper, all over the country if Joe Biden wins. And that battle is raging already in Ohio, and that's against a Republican governor. We're going to talk to an attorney who is helping to lead that battle at the bottom of the hour because if Joe Biden wins here a week from today, there's going to be a lot more business for the likes of him, I'm guessing, uh, beginning next year. So we'll get into that coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by an historic moment. After Senator Mozzie Hirono of Hawaii voted, quote, hell no on the confirmation of Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, nevertheless, the Senate persisted and did just that by a vote of 52 to 48. It marks a new era, hopefully, on the nation's highest court. Barrett is the first mother of school-aged children to become a Supreme Court justice and the only current member of the bench to be educated at somewhere other than Harvard or Yale. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas swore Justice Barrett in. And that I will well and faithfully discharge. And that I will well and faithfully discharge. The duties of the office on which I'm about to enter. The duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. Chuck Schumer, your thoughts? My deepest and greatest sadness is for the American people. Generations yet unborn will suffer the consequences of this nomination. 
Moving on, the largest city in the key battleground state of Pennsylvania erupted into chaos and riots last night as an officer shot a black man who charged at the officer with a knife yesterday afternoon. Police say several stores were looted, police cars and dumpsters were lit on fire, and vandalism was widespread. Police also say 30 of their own officers were injured in the violence, including a 56-year-old sergeant who was struck by a truck and had her leg broken, among other injuries. Also in Pennsylvania yesterday, President Trump made three separate stops before heading back to the White House for the aforementioned swearing-in of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Don't tell anybody, but the Pennsylvania Dutch are voting en masse. Hard workers, incredible craftsmen. You've done work for me over the years, I'll tell you. They can throw up a barn in about two days. Joe Biden, meanwhile, snapped at a reporter who asked about his son's alleged influence peddling and corruption. There is no controversy about Overseer my son. It's just a question. Lie. It's a flat lie because the president has nothing else to run on. At another <clears throat> unplanned event for Biden, this happened. Here's the deal. One of the things that, that, that is important is that... Um, Keep in mind, although they're going to vote on uh, uh, Barrett, I think today. For those of you listening, what's happening is that after Joe Biden started to meander and lose his train of thought after being asked a question, his staff ushers the media away. Moving on, and in the category of losing our damned minds, you may have seen this commercial recently. Well, this has been absolute disaster from the beginning. This is real. That's the first thing. No pussyfooting around. We are not going to stamp this out unless we have a change of leadership. Joe Biden has a plan. He actually has a plan. He listens to medical experts. He wears a mask to show that everybody should wear a mask. Joe Biden will do what needs to be done so we can live a healthy, normal life again. The advertisement is a part of an ad campaign from a pro-Biden super PAC funded by Silicon Valley billionaires. It's that last voice you hear. He listens to medical experts. The voice of Eric Feigelding, who, if you've spent five minutes on coronavirus Twitter, you know is one of the chief perpetrators of doomsday panic porn since the start of the pandemic. Thanks to independent journalist Jordan Schachtel, we now know Feigelding is just another coronavirus charlatan. Feigelding has for months portrayed himself as a medical doctor working at Harvard. Turns out he's got his PhD in nutrition and was a visiting scientist at Harvard's nutrition department in the past. He's also an aspiring politician who ran for office in Pennsylvania, who's contributed over $110,000 of his own money to a nonprofit he founded, which supports far-left politicians. Nevertheless, Twitter has marked him as a COVID-19 expert, and Feigelding has seen his audience grow by leaps and bounds over the last nine months. In Italy, mass protests have broken out over that country's continued lockdown orders. Police in Trieste, at one point, lay down their helmets in solidarity with the protesters. And finally, watch this and laugh. For those of you listening, what we're watching is an advertisement for a new product which promises to filter the air of impurities for the wearer by enclosing them in what amounts to a giant bubble. And that's what happened while we were away. 
Aaron's Montage today brought to you by Brickhouse Nutrition. You know, the pandemic didn't just test our nation's uh, economic endurance, but also uh, the endurance of what happens to you with living an unhealthy lifestyle. You you saw and continue to see uh, certain pre-existing conditions like diabetes, morbid obesity, make you more prone to being vulnerable to coronavirus. And that's where you can do something about it. There are things you can do to be more responsible about what you put into your own body. And, and that's where Field of Greens comes in because it's packed with 12 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, plus things that are good for you like green tea, ginger, beets, many other things uh, that are all natural and the powerful combination that not only supports your heart health, but a healthy immune system, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, field of greens loaded with antioxidants, pre and probiotics as well. Just one scoop. uh, You mix in with any water-based drink and you are good to go after you stir it up and you get more vegetables in that one drink more natural fruits and vegetables, more vitamins and minerals. And that one drink every day than the vast majority of Americans get their entire diet all day long so go to brickhousesteve.com right now and save 15 percent off a 30-day supply with the offer code steve 15 percent off a 30-day supply with the offer code steve when you go to brickhousesteve.com and then if you like it and you want to subscribe uh, they'll give you an extra 10 percent off every month when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. Again, that's BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. We are going to discuss in the overtime today the uh, the impact of now the, the the confirmed confirmation of Amy, Co- Amy Coney Barrett to the U.S. Supreme Court. What does it say if this is the final act of Trump's first term? It may end up being one of the final acts of his presidency, depending on what happens a week from today. So... How does it add to it? What is the legacy of that term? We'll get into that in the overtime today. Our good friend Josh Hammer from Newsweek will be joining us. Uh, to make sure you don't miss it, take advantage of the biggest discount we've ever offered at Blaze TV right now through the election. Use the promo code Steve when you go to blazetv.com. Promo code Steve when you go to blazetv.com and get $30 off an annual subscription. Brings the price down to less than $6 a month. Less than 6 bucks a month. Promo code Steve at blazetv.com. If you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, make sure you go to blazetv.com slash Dace and you'll watch that after we record it here following today's program. Um, let's get to what is elsewhere in Aaron's montage. Um, our boy Jordan Schachtel with the work there on Feigl Ding. Now, let me tell you this about Jordan. Uh, we used to work with him here uh, at the Blaze. Um he now is an independent researcher. He's a frequent guest on our show. We've known Jordan for years. Jordan is a is a really sharp cookie, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's really smart, right? Is he, like, smarter than everybody else? No. 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 Which means all kinds of people that are also smart, before anointing the credentials of one Eric Feigelding to COVID-19 expert, Harvard-trained physician could have done the work that that Jordan did, right? Yes. Before just automatically anointing him to the public. I mean, I've been I've seen this guy on my feed for months, and he's not alone. Scott Gottlieb uh, is another one of these guys. There's, there's, there, there. I just don't spend my days responding to them because I wouldn't have any time left. They're, they're legion, and I'm using that word purposefully. They are legion, if you get the reference. 
But the fact that our boy Jordan, it's, it's similar to my own experience going after these models early on. I'm a smart guy. That's why I'm here, right? Sure. Am I the smartest guy there is? No. No. Could other people have done that are other also smart? Yes. Could other people have done what I did with the models way back in March? Yep. Yes. They just didn't think of it, right? Like, I didn't even, I, I didn't even think of going after this Eric uh, Feigl ding because there's just so many of these guys. So that's going to be part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Or, I, or I didn't want to. That's another reason why you didn't look at whether the models have efficacy or integrity, right? How many people just didn't look at Eric Feigl ding because they didn't think of it or because they didn't want to? What do you think the answer is? Well, it's a ladder and they didn't want to because he was saying all the right sacred shibboleths. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's amazing. With him, though, the truth was good enough. If he's a legitimate, right. he's been at Harvard, right. he's a nutritionist, We be, vitamin D, talk to us. We, you know, that's except real he's been stuff. Repu- except he's been repudiating all that stuff but, all along. But, 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 uh, he's been repudiating his own, his that's own, my point. His own, his own expertise in nutrition. Yes. He's been repudiating it this entire year. Yeah. But he's got to go. I mean, but but he's he gets a free pass, excuse me, and Scott Atlas, who's been lying about nothing, but since he's not an epidemiologist, he's not good enough and has to be banned. I mean, this this is farcical. This is, I mean, it's, we didn't even bring even, that level of context it, into it. Yeah, it's not even, I think you're being kind. It is, I really, I really believe it's demonic. It's at a level, this is a level of, of nihilism and... What do I mean by nihilism? An absence of beauty, an absence of truth, uh, an absence of caring. It's a level of nihilism I've never encountered in my career. He, and He shouldn't count too because he's not an epidemiologist, I, right? I, yes. It's just yeah, that simple. It, 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 it's as simple as you're black if you vote the way I want. You're gay yes. if, you, if you say the things I want you to say. Um, you're, you're, it, it's, it, that's, Everybody is, it's like you receive a mark. If you get the reference there. Uh, It's like you receive a mark of approval if you think a certain way. And I don't know if you guys read, I didn't listen to it, but I read some accounts of Matthew McConaughey's interview with Joe Rogan. Yes. Did you read some of these accounts? I did. And McConaughey is a lefty. Well, he's a, he's a liberal. I wouldn't say he's a leftist. No, he's not. Remember, a leftist. he's the guy that showed up at the women's march, or no, he, he was at, at the it's a march against gun violence or whatever that was, right? He's the one that showed up for that, all for gun control. And then when he found out that every speaker there other than him wanted to confiscate guns, he was like, uh, "Guys, I'm from Texas. You can't confiscate all the guns, right? I mean, I'm all for gun control and background checks and safety measures and waiting periods, but." Ultimately, there is a Second Amendment. You guys don't want gun control. You want to get rid of the Second Amendment. Remember we had that story a couple yes. of years ago? And one of the things he was talking about um, in his interview with Joe Rogan is being a Christian in Hollywood. And he said he, when he's received awards and he has mentioned God in his speeches, and he's looked out in the audience and he has seen people that he has prayed with on set or during events, that sat on their hands and didn't say anything while everybody else watched and how disappointed he was in that. And that 
likely before his belief system was fully developed and or or after his he became a star before his belief system was fully developed he said and so by that point in time he was just a big enough star he literally said this to rogan i mean i was a big enough star that nobody was going to come after me but i can i can look out in the audience when at an awards presentation, if I mentioned something about God, I can look out in the audience, I can see people I pray with on set or at events, and they sit on their hands and they're silent. It's, it's the power of the identity. It's the cult of the tribe. I mean, I had a woman come at me from the other direction on my Facebook page today saying, well, you've always been a fair weather supporters of a supporter of trump actually i just started supporting donald trump about two months ago (laughs) all right but secondly i'm a fair weather supporter of everybody everybody in politics everybody because i'm i'm with you if you're for what i'm for and you're doing what i think is right and then get this now follow me here if you're not for what i'm for in that moment or you're not doing what i think is right I'm I'm not I'm not with you. That so I, I I mean I'm a fair weather supporter of everybody. Everybody. I'm sure there were people on the cruise campaign four years ago that thought I was a fair weather supporter. Because if I didn't agree with something, I would I mean, hey, don't pay me, don't hire me to strategize and pay me for my opinion and then not want it. Right? You guys don't have to pay me to be here. You don't have to pay me to be on this call and tell you what I think. You're choosing to do that. Don't choose that. Fire me. That's fine. I'll walk away. But um, this isn't a cult. It's a campaign. I have my own opinions. Doesn't mean they're right. But I would. I'm presuming you're. You're still paying me even after we're done with Iowa. So I got to presume you want my opinion, right? So if you're gonna put me on the call, I'm gonna guess what I'm gonna give you. What you paid for my opinion. If you don't want it, then tough cookie. Don't pay me for it. And. It's the level of tribalism. I mean, I don't care what 50 Cent thought about the election. First of all, I didn't even know he was still around. But I don't know what a little pump is, okay? I don't want to know. I don't care what he thinks about Trump. Even if he likes him, I don't care. I didn't care what 50 Cent thought about the election last week. I don't care now that he's apparently repudiated Trump. I don't care. And and to be honest, I'm probably not going to care much moving forward. Just to throw that out there. What I do find fascinating, though, is a former girlfriend of his, who's a white woman, comes out and says on camera, you can't support Trump because you're black. And literally the day after, this big, tough, alpha male, hardcore rapper crumbles like he is a pipsqueak loser, getting swirlies in the high school gym, you know, uh, men's stall. And it's the, it's the power of belonging. When you read stories in the Old Testament, how could these people all just traipse down to the valley of Ben-Hinnom, just line up and just, oh yeah, two o'clock, man. I got to throw my kid into the fire for Molech. And like nobody stood up and said, uh, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. Point of order. Does anybody else find what we're about to do somewhat problematic 
to perhaps repulsive thoughts. Nope. Just why? The power of belonging. The need to feel like we belong to something. And how we struggle to challenge that conventional or prevailing wisdom in any society. And this is what always has made Christianity a threat. It's not that Christianity has actively sought to remove people from belonging culturally. They had many disputes about this in the first century. Do I, do I still eat the meat sacrificed to the idols as is local custom or, or not? It's, 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 it, what made Christianity threatening is that it didn't care. If Paul, for example, had spent much of the New Testament saying, that meat is to a pagan deity, do not eat it. We have our own alternative way of life and culture called Christendom. And we stand apart from that. They would, have, they would have been angry, the pagans would have been. But that would have been an argument that they could understand. Because it would have been my tribe versus yours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the fact that Paul said, we are good, we, we're eternal beings who are going to live forever in paradise because of what Christ did. Why in the Sam Hill do I care about last night's Salisbury steak? I don't. I don't care. It's meaningless pagan drivel. If, if your conscience tells you that last night's Salisbury steak dedicated to Captain Howdy was, is, is, is literally from the bowels of hell, then don't eat it. And if your conscience is telling you, we ain't had a lot of meat around here lately and I could use the protein, by all means, dig in. See you at church on Sunday. What the hell are we talking about this for? That's the threat. The tribalism versus tribalism, the enemy is fine with the tribalism. We've pointed this quote out from C.S. Lewis many times. From the screw tape letters. Doesn't care if your tribe is the pacifist or the patriot, just as long as you're in one of these tribes. And then screw tape's final line. We have a cage full of such men, or these tribalists down here. Christianity instead says, you bring your best ideas to the arena. We'll bring ours. I just let the lion out of its cage. I'll see you on Mount Carmel. I'll bring in my one guy, Elijah. You bring all yours. We'll see you on Mount Carmel. I'll bring my one dude, David, with his five smooth stones. You bring your giant. We'll see you in the Valley of Elah. That's what Christianity says. The Judeo-Christian ethic is, we got nothing to hide. We'll see you. We're fine letting you live the way you want. But if you want to contest with us in the arena of ideas, we'll meet you there because we're pretty confident. We serve the only living God in the universe. So we'll see you there. We're not here to pick fights with you, but if you pick one with us, we will give you the fight you want. You just may not like the result. You probably would prefer our, because once we have the fight, you're going to like, I wish we were, could go back to your indifference, that you were indifferent to what we were doing.
what happened in Philadelphia last night is another example of this. This is an officer. These are two officers now on camera. I've tweeted the video out. They're charged by a crazed man with a knife. Are they just supposed to let them let him stab him then? Here, rule, here, good rule. Don't charge cops with a knife and you won't get shot. Somebody tweeted to me, don't they have rubber bullets? Philadelphia is the number two major city for homicide rate in 2020 oh gosh, really in the clever. entire country. Somebody comes to my home or that's my business. I hope the cops don't show up with rubber bullets. Are you freaking kidding me? No, they're not kidding. They're not. You're really playing around in the gray area, Steve. I don't know. There's just so many distinctions here. And so we're at a place now where essentially BLM is going to riot. They rioted it in L.A. about a week or two or a month or two ago when it was a black cop that shot somebody, right? Yeah. Anytime a black person does something and is punished by police, even if on camera it is obvious what went down, they're just going to riot. Why? Tribalism. That is that is why this. How did we get here with Eric Feigelding? It's all the same story. Eric Feigelding is a modern day Balaam. He was paid to prophesy what people wanted to hear, and he gladly took the money. Gladly took the money. All Jordan Schachtel did is point out that this is actually Balaam's ass, his his his, his donkey talking instead. The guy is full of you-know-what because that's what comes out of the back end. Doesn't know what he's talking about. This goes to what we were talking about yesterday with the death of epistemology in America. I hadn't done some research on COVID in the last couple of weeks because I've been so buried in the election. So I decided yesterday to get caught back up on things. One of the things I missed, BBC did a deep dive on the latest data out of the UK earlier this month, courtesy of Scotland's Public Health. And what they're reporting in the UK is 23% of their deaths with COVID were people under the age of 75. So one out of every four almost. And they've had a lockdown in the UK since March the 16th. They've had masks for months. In Sweden, as of yesterday, the percentage of people under the age of 70 who have died with COVID with no lockdown and no masks is 11%. 11 Half. Half of what they've seen. Half of the deaths of non-retirement aged peoples of what they have seen in Sweden with no lockdowns and no masks than what has gone on in the UK, according to the BBC, with masks and with lockdowns. I tweeted out earlier today a chart about the Czech Republic. Earlier this year, the health minister, the Fauci of the... Czech Republic did a video about how they were they were they were leading the, the parade for masks in Europe and pushing back on coronavirus. They're now on their third mask mandate and their cases in the Czech Republic, by the way, have skyrocketed. Now, back to what we said a few minutes ago. I'm a smart guy, right? Yeah. The people over at Rational Ground who chart all this stuff with the masks around the world, they're pretty smart, right? Yeah. Are we the smartest people in the world? Now, are there other smart people? Many. So could they find this data and share it if they wanted to? Easily at this point. So then why don't they? They're terrible, awful people. Yeah. And they're also the same kind of people doing almost all of the polling that you're seeing right now as well. Mm -hmm. And I, guys, I got to tell you, 
I'm, I'm really concerned about what I see in Pennsylvania. I tweeted this out this morning. I am getting a Florida 2000 vibe. And for those of you that don't remember that, it seemed like the world was going to end. It's, it's Disney World with your mask on compared to most of the cultural fights we've had the last few years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and we liked each other a lot more back then. And we didn't have, you know, debates about whether to have the kids in school. You could still go to any shopping center, restaurant, mall, movie theater you wanted to. AMC Theater's number one theater chain in America reported yesterday they're going to be out of cash in six months. They're down to now being open just on the weekends. See, we could do all this stuff that unites us as a people. We could do all that during the Florida recount. And even at the time, that still seemed like, wow, this is really divisive. People are choosing sides. Like the story's never going to end, right? Mm -hmm. I remember I was covering an Iowa State basketball game the night that the Supreme Court weighed in on their decision. Imagine that environment, or imagine that story in Pennsylvania with this environment, though. After an entire year of a crazed lockdown, last night's riots in Philadelphia. I hope I'm wrong, man, but what I am seeing out of Pennsylvania, it doesn't seem like the people running that state and that election have any clue what they're doing or, or they know exactly what they're doing, which is my real fear. More in a moment. You know, the average American has almost 100 points they can add to their credit score, but has no idea how to get there. That's where ScoreMaster comes in. It's the new credit science that will help you super boost your credit score. And when we say super boost, we mean it. We're not talking a few points here or there. How about the fact the average ScoreMaster user can raise their score 61 points in about three weeks? Now, how? Because they take the information that the banks have on you and give it to you so that you know where you want to go with your score. Why your score is the way it is, they will show you specifically, hey, here's what's holding you back right now, and then what you can specifically do to get that score to where you want it to be, and maybe even how long it will take. And what happens when you raise your score? Well, it can make the difference in getting the approval for that business loan, mortgage, auto loan, maybe even a job. A lot of employers are looking at credit scores these days. Or it can even just improve the terms you'll get even if you could get an approval right now. So enroll in minutes, all right, and see how many plus points ScoreMaster can add to your credit score when you visit scoremaster.com slash Steve. That's scoremaster.com slash Steve. So what happens if a week from today or two weeks from today, three weeks from today, four weeks from today if my vibe florida 20 uh, 2000 vibes i'm getting out of pennsylvania or maybe this entire election turned out to be true if and when at some point joe biden is sworn in as president of the united states how do things change well one of the areas i think that are going to change for sure you're already having to do it right now but i think under a biden administration nationwide you're going to have to push back on the face diaper the burqa of the uh of 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 Corona fascism of the co of the branch Covidians. 
Um, when is it safe to take it off? How long do we have to wear them? What would be the benchmarks by which we would know now that we don't have to cover our faces and we are, as free people, free to breathe free air again? Some people are fighting this battle in the state of Ohio already, and that's with an appropriate uh, with the Republican governor who has appropriately been named DeWine. I, I cannot think of a more appropriately named politician in America, if you have watched his emasculating kvetching on coronavirus here this year. Uh, Tom Renz is the lead attorney uh, for a group called Stand Up Ohio, or Ohio Stands Up, my apologies. And he joins us here at The Blaze, because if Biden wins, guys like Tom are going to get a lot busier here uh, in the coming year. How are you, Tom? Well, I'm great. And I, uh, I got to tell you, I love your characterization of DeWine. Uh, it was absolutely spot on. Yeah, I've, I have felt my sperm count lower reading some of the sonnets he has tried to write about coronavirus in his Twitter threads. I don't know what the birth rate's going to be in Ohio this year, but I'm guessing anybody that's been subjected to uh, uh, to Governor DeWine's uh, emasculating kvetches has probably uh, seen their conception rate just irradiated. I've just, I mean, I, I'm just appalled, frankly, watching it, but... The masks in your state. What's the situation right now? It's bad, actually. Um, you know, it's not enough for them to require that we wear them everywhere. Now, what we're seeing is uh, the governor is really trying to push us hard in the schools, even though this doesn't affect kids in any way, shape, or form. Uh, right now, I'm dealing with a number of situations. People coming to me where the schools aren't even honoring their religious and medical exemptions that are required under the law. It's ridiculous. It's it's become such a political thing that, uh, you know, if you have the capacity to think for yourself, you realize that this is nonsense. And if you're on the left, you don't. It's just kind of that simple. So, uh, you know, the governor keeps pushing this and he keeps doubling down on these masks. It's interesting because they're not safe. We actually have a, a couple experts who are OSHA trained that have came out and talked about the face diapers not being safe. Uh, these are things that are just ridiculous. So yeah, I just don't know what to tell you about it. it. It's absurd. And God willing, we're going to be able to make this all go away by getting to the truth. So let me give you some background on where I am at on the mask issue. Way back in March, when we began locking down, I said, guys, we, we can't the cure can't be worse than the disease. So I actually suggested, why don't we just wear masks and not do lockdowns? Well, I was told by all the smart people now claiming that masks are better than a vaccine, according to Robert Redfield at CDC. I was told by them back in March that masks don't work. That would be silly to walk around wearing masks. And the main reason they do this in Asian countries, as you're seeing now with coronavirus, is because they do it all the time because the air quality over there is so bad. It's just most Americans don't pay daily attention to what life is like in Seoul or in Pyongyang, okay, because you live in America and not over there, a half a planet away. Okay, fine. So then we decide we're going to go down with the mask road again. Now, I, I'm a sanctity of life guy. I don't believe you have the right to not be inconvenienced when innocent life is at stake. All right. I don't believe that. But I, I don't see any data that these work. I mean, every everywhere it's been tried, Hawaii instituted a mask mandate on April the 24th. This summer, when the virus reached them, they still saw a 700 plus percent increase in cases. I don't see any evidence that this is a successful mitigator or pushback in real time data. 
I'm I'm suspicious that, that that the New England Journal of Medicine and JAMA have both refused to put up the governor the government of Denmark's random controlled uh, study on mask use uh, for 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 peer review just to put it up to let them pummel it then destroy it if it's a if it's a quack job then put it out there for everybody to see in your peer review process they won't even peer, peer review it and I and and the incredulous claims they make. That's the kind of stuff you, I, I'm, I, dude, I, I do debate and stuff for a living, okay? You make incredulous claims, and you know this as an attorney, right? If you can't argue the facts, you, you, know, the, you know the whole litany, right? You start making incredulous claims like Redfield claiming that the mask is better for him than the vaccine would be when you know the facts of your argument are weak. You, you, this is your dressing up. You're adding some frosting there to your, your, your crap cake sandwich that you're trying to feed people. And so I don't see any data that these work. So then what, what is the benchmark that you guys in Ohio have to reach to take off the masks, right? How would you know when it's safe to not wear them again? Well, I, I don't believe there will be a benchmark. Uh, yeah, the governor's been real clear in Ohio that the benchmark is is everybody being vaccinated. And he just came out with his mandatory vaccine plan, although he's trying to keep that hush-hush. Uh, he's, he's sending around uh, draft copies. And, you know, one thing that's really interesting is I might side with Redford on this. Uh, you know, these masks may actually be a little bit safer than the vaccine since they aren't actually testing the vaccine properly and they're running through this expedited <laughs> test uh, process to get it out. This vaccine's not going to be safe. But, you know, going back to the masks, they're not safe. They don't work. Uh, you know, the virus particles are way smaller than the holes in the mask. They just go right through them. I mean, you don't have to be a genius to figure this out. You can't put up a chain link fence to stop mosquitoes. And that's kind of what this is. But, you know, ultimately, uh, in fact, I've actually read studies that the carrier particles become broken down when they go through the mask and can make it more dangerous. Uh, there was a, a study that was recently released, and this was one of the CDC studies that they put out and they championed because they were talking about how dangerous this disease is and how quickly it's spreading through the community. But uh, I had a couple of scientists get a hold of me, and they said, you know, we looked at the data on this, and it just so happens that 70% of the people that got the disease were, were reporting that they wore masks all the time. The percent was very, very low for people who didn't wear them. These masks are not a safe thing. They're actually more dangerous, in my opinion, based on what the scientists are telling me, than not wearing one. Because you know, everything you breathe goes in and out through there. It just festers there. Then you touch it, or you re-wear the mask, or whatever. I, you get these kids wearing masks for three, four days in a row. I mean, they just, they're filthy and disgusting, and yet somehow this is our, our solution. I, I think they're actually trying to spread it. I think that maybe that's the goal. I don't know, because there's no science behind this. There's nothing anywhere that backs up that masks are good. And God knows that if we, uh, science is, is no longer actually science. Science is now, uh, it, it's established when the left says it's established. It doesn't really matter what the science says behind it. As long as the left says that it's established science, it's established science, and we can't question it. So we suppress anything that's different, any other theories, any other ideas that anyone has. What's your strategy, Tom? To get, I'm, I'm guessing your strategy is to get the state of Ohio into a courtroom, right, under oath, right? How do you Very get? How, how do you get to that point? Well, we filed our complaint, 
And uh, initially we were granted discovery and we've always known, and I mean, I've made, made no secrets about this. Our goal is truth, right? We believe when we get to discovery and the facts come out that they back up everything we're saying and we believe that this whole thing tends to go away afterwards. Now, once people realize that they've been lied to for seven, eight months now, uh, they're gonna be upset and this whole thing will go away. So we always wanted to get to discovery, but we also always knew that the state does not want discovery because then they have to tell the truth. So we got had discovery granted and then the state filed some motions to, to play some games and delay discovery. I do believe they definitely didn't want discovery prior to the election. And so they're playing those games right now. Now we, we firmly believe that we'll overcome these motions and this nonsense, uh, but we have to overcome them. Once we've done that, uh, discovery is where we want to be. That's where we think that the real gold is in this case. I mean, certainly we want to win the case, but we think that it'll be a lot easier after we get some truth and some honesty. And, you know, the question that I keep asking in interviews and anywhere else is, you know, this is really simple. If we're wrong, if this is as dangerous as it sounds, and if the science actually backs it up, share it. Put it out there. Exactly. Make it public. Why are you hiding it? What are you hiding things for if you don't have anything to hide? The 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 mask study in Denmark was done by the government there. Okay, not some right-wing think tank. Frankly, I don't know that Denmark has a single right-wing think tank, actually. So um, the government did the study, commissioned the study. The government of Norway commissioned their own study, found it, would, it was going to require masking 400,000 people regularly to stop basically one infection. Um, one of the studies in a letter that Senator Ted Cruz sent to CDC asking them about what proof do they have of masks, they cited to the senator uh, a study from Goldman Sachs. And what it found was that it would take, it, it, you, it, it would take about 100,000 people on a daily basis to, uh, at maximum, stop one percent of the spread anywhere from 0.6 to one percent was the ratio in this goldman sachs study so if, if you get them in a court of law if if i can ask if, if if i was told steve robert redfield will come on your show and answer only one question anthony fauci will come on your show and answer only one question about masks this is the question i would ask why haven't we been wearing masks every flu season our entire lives. That's the question I would ask. If the masks work, then why haven't we have why haven't we been wearing masks every flu season our all of our lives? Why haven't we been doing this? Well, and that's a great question. I mean, you know, you would think that if these are so effective at stopping infections that we'd be wearing them. I would also ask this question. I'd say, okay. If you believe that these masks are going to keep people safe, then let the people who are worried about it wear them. Why do the other people need to? I mean, if these are the, you know, the gold standard, if they're going to keep us safe, and I don't believe that they're going to keep me safe or I don't care if I get sick, why do I need to wear it? I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm 43 years old. I'm in good shape. I work out. I run. I try and stay healthy. I don't care if I get COVID. I really don't care. Not one bit. Well, given the data, so, you shouldn't care if you get it. No. Yeah. No. This, no. I, I'm I'm far less worried about getting COVID than being ran over by a bus. And I'm not too worried about being ran over by a bus. I live in a small town. We don't have buses. So, you know, the thing is, is in America, we have the right to choose 
how to live our lives, right? Theoretically, I mean, under our constitution, we're supposed to be able to make choices for ourselves. I can go jump out of an airplane if I want. I can bungee jump. I can do all sorts of crazy things. We have base jumpers. We have all sorts of people doing all sorts of crazy things. What, why aren't we outlawing those? Those are much higher risk. I mean, you know, when, when did it become the government's responsibility to keep me safe? If you want to be safe and you think a mask does it, wear it. But I don't need to. I don't think it does anything. I think, in fact, I think it causes more risks than it does help. So you wear your mask and you be scared, and that's fine if that's how you want to live your life. And if I want to go jump out of a plane or bungee jump, that's my right. It's also my right not to wear a mask. So yeah, where does this even come from? When did we lose sight of the fact that we have freedom in this country? Why don't we care about that? Tom, if our audience wants to follow what you guys are doing there uh, in pushing back on this, and if there's people in other states that want to emulate what you're doing, what's the best way they can contact you and follow what you guys are up to there in Ohio? Well, we're working with two organizations. One is Ohio Stands Up, and that was created uh, by my plaintiffs to help spread the word. Because if we don't share this alternative narrative, if we don't share this information, if people like you aren't out there helping to educate people, then even if I win this case, we still got 150 million Americans too afraid to walk out their door. Mm -hmm. So we've got Ohio Stands Up, and then I'm also working with Make Make America Free Again, uh, and you can reach out to either of those. I, I've got a website you're welcome to look at. I try and keep it up to date. Um, but I will tell you, Steve, I've got some some pretty interesting news that I haven't shared too widely yet. I got one minute, uh, so go ahead. I am getting ready. We're going to be filing a suit like this in a second state coming up very soon. And I can't tell you which state yet, but we're getting ready to file this in in the second state. And we're just going to keep going until we get this. And we're also working on some really cool legislation. So, you know, we're going to win this one way or another. Tom, appreciate the work you're doing there. Definitely keep us up to date. All right. God bless you, man. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you, Tom. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that conversation? Well, it's ultimately just about defining reality. I really liked how he talked about you know, referencing points of what it meant to be American, uh, live free or die, the way we let many people do that any way they want to. And after the first two weeks to uh, 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 flatten the curve, this is, we know so much. Every time somebody says, there's so much about this we still don't know, I I, I, I just, that's when I get feeling like you did you know it's a lie it's just when yeah. violent angry like, yeah. you mean you, it, it's because utter they're, they're throwing nonsense. Out all established laws of yes. virology and immunology and yes. acting as if this is a unique phenomenon yeah it is a unique virus but it is not a unique phenomenon that is causing us to just jettison everything we have known yeah. from science for the last every big years. 10 player and coaches yeah. should be able to sign off right now on this thing and say i don't care just like i don't care about this we're just playing football just like at wisconsin this is nonsense steve and just very quickly there was one thing that he said early on about when does this actually end? Tom said, I don't think there actually is a point. Yes. If you think that this is going to end, yeah. if the coronavirus fascism is going to end, especially the mask is just going to end with a vaccine or with an election, I've got a lab in Wuhan to sell you. Right on the money. Fake news or not is next.
All right, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. 888-900-3393 is the number. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the show. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, also over on Parlor at Steve Dace and check out our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. Hey, if you're one of our podcast listeners, thank you very much. If you haven't done this yet, smash the subscribe button for us. Uh, leave us a five-star review. The more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. That's why we want to tip the cap and thank all of you that have done that for us already if you're part of the podcast listenership here on the program. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Pop Culture Tuesday, last week's revealing attack on Chris Pratt for not showing up at Joe Biden's Avengers Assemble Hollywood fundraiser confirmed something for us that we probably already knew, and it's still just as unfortunate, but but something positive may have come out of this as well. I hesitant or hesitant, I hesitate to go there in 2020. This is the year now where I just learned this morning, for the first time, like in my entire life, <laughs> I'm not going to watch the Peanuts holiday specials on network television. Because, of course. I mean, 2020 is the worst year. I, I mean, ESPN just came out with a great idea. College game day from Augusta National for the Fall Masters. That's a great idea. Why do I get the sense that the stage collapses or something and it doesn't happen given what this year has been about? So I will celebrate college game day at Augusta National when I turn on the TV set that Saturday morning and it's on. Until then, I don't believe it's going to happen precisely because it's a great idea. And this has been the year where all good ideas have been have 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 gone to die is in this year. So I hesitate to think there could be a positive out of what happened to Chris Pratt last week, but we'll go there anyway, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Let's get to fake news or not. Brought to you by Rough Greens. You know, we do all kinds of things to make our pets happy. We walk our dogs. We feed our dogs. We get them groomed. We love on them, play with them. But you know what they also need? Nutrition, because a lot of the stuff we are feeding them has been stripped out of the vitamins, nutrients, pro, prebiotics, uh, omega oils, et, et cetera, antioxidants that they need the most for the same reason that our food was too, in many cases, uh, for a long shelf life. That's why we take so many supplements these days. Your dog could use one as well. And that's where Rough Greens comes in. It's a supplement that you sprinkle in with your dog's food in a powder form. And apparently it'll make the food they love taste even better. At least that's the case of our dog caps, any indication. And you can try it right now for less than 15 bucks, $14.95, and see in a couple of weeks if you don't see a difference in your dog or not with the jumpstart bag at roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. All right, gentlemen, this week I have selected five clips. These are all just from the candidates. All right, so we have three from Trump or I'm sorry, three from Biden and two from Trump. You guys are going to decide, are these fake news or not? And I have no context before you ask me. I have no context of what specifically I'm looking for. I want to get your raw 
reflexive reaction to each of these clips. All right. Let us begin with the president stumping in Pennsylvania. Joe Biden is a diehard globalist who wiped out your steel mills. You know it better than almost any place in this country. Close down your factories, kill your coal jobs, outsource your industries and support it. Every terrible and disastrous trade deal for the whole, I mean, for, for 47 years, this guy's been there. You saw in the debate, did anybody watch the debate? By but did you see... Here's my, my standard answer. Joe, you've been there for 47 years. Why didn't you do it? Fake news or not, Aaron, you get to go first. I think I, 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 from just what I've, I've seen, you know, you can't make this your primary pitch. But if you want to throw out a little chicken wing arm check of this guy, uh, this guy's just a career politician, uh, globalist, depending on your location, know where you're at, but depending on your location, I think that can be an effective uh, line of attack. You can't make it your your primary, you, your primary, you still have to give people a reason to vote for you, but just reminding you, uh, reminding people, yeah, this guy's been around for 47 years, hasn't done a darn thing. The only thing that he has done is he's uh, cut deals across the country that have taken your jobs away, the jobs that you used to have anyway. Uh, so I, I think that is, uh, that's true news. Yeah, that, Todd, what do you think? That is not fake news. And once again, I go back uh, to where we were after the debate last week, I'm pleasantly surprised that this has been sustainable after that debate when this came up. Yeah, I heard it like everybody else, but we're living in don't know what a gender is territory. I, ju I just didn't think it would be sustainable. And here it is in Pennsylvania. You get in that crowd. If the, I, I saw them pan to the audience because people started cheering. There were actual coal miners in the crowd. I mean, the, Trump will win Pennsylvania. And he will win this election if this level of reality, what really matters to real people, has settled in and the nonsense has gone aside. I, I'm continued to being encouraged. I never thought we'd still be talking about this at length just because I didn't think the um, environment would allow it. Okay. Let's go to the former vice president, Joe Biden. Talking about the controversy that continues swirling around his son, Hunter. That's going to be the focus of Tucker Carlson's show for an entire hour tonight on Fox News. Uh, the whistleblower, the Biden uh, whistleblower, is going to be his guest. Here's Joe Biden reacting. Questions of controversy continues today about Hunter Biden, your son's... Uh, there is no controversy about overseas dealing It's all a lie. It's a flat lie because the president has nothing else to run on. If you notice, while American people are talking about what's happening to their families, he has no plan. In the debate, he has no plan. Everything from the Wall Street Journal, every other major news outlet has said what he's saying is simply not true. Todd, you get to go first. I'm glad you made this entirely open-ended. Uh, that is not fake news from this perspective. And this speaks to what Aaron hit on about a career politician. Yeah, yeah Joe is uh, long in the tooth, but he was forceful there. If you go back and look at clips throughout his entire career, talking about things 30 years ago that he's 
totally flip flopped on uh, today. He's that's he he's just as forceful. He's never been an you know ambiguous man. Everything he decides to talk about, he'll just talk about like that. I believe this in my bones to my very core. Except he doesn't. That is vintage Joe Biden right there. Even in his whatever seventy eighth year, he just he lies vigorously and easily. Aaron, I think it's I think it's fake news uh, because the, the more that you try to deny and obfuscate, the more seems to come out and the bigger of a deal that it would be. And I would generally say, and I'm not endorsing this because this involves deception, but, you know, if, if you could make up a story and just a narrative that you could plant, do you think that the Biden campaign, uh, to, to explain all of this away in legitimate terms, don't you think that they would have done that already, Biden's necromancers? Of course they would have. Of course they would have. Instead, it's just the low-hanging fruit of this is all Russian misinformation or disinformation. I don't know which one is which. Uh, I so it's just laziness. It's just laziness. And the more time they just go, Russia, 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 the more attention it's going to get. And people are going to have this feeling as if, uh, hey, you're urinating, urinating on me and telling me it's uh, raining. Uh, so I, I think it's a bigger deal. I, I really, it's not going to move the needle a heck of a lot, but I do think it's a bigger deal than what a lot of pundits on uh, our side and really across the political spectrum, but especially on our side, seem to think that it is. Let me let me answer my own fake news or not for a second, because I want to go to kind of what you said. If If my goal is to run out the clock, if I think I have the lead, and my goal is to run out the clock. Um, that presentation by Biden is actually very effective. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you're you're worried about holding on to your voters. You're not so much if you think you had the lead. You're not so much concerned about undecideds. You probably don't think there's that many of them. Um, and you know the media is going to carry your water at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. What I need to do is the people that are voting for me. Because they think I bring a, a level of Pleasant Valley Sunday normalcy back to their lives that Donald Trump has disrupted. Um, I need to show them, even if it's you know a complete and total scam, they want to see certainty from me. Because right now, the last thing they want is just, they want permission to do what they have wanted to do all along, which is to get rid of whatever they think the Trump presidency is and just figure it out from there. Right. Mm -hmm. Just an emotional reaction. So I give them an emotional reaction in response along the lines of what you're talking about Mm -hmm. in order to justify their emotion. Right. Yeah. And then if something comes out next next month or next year or six months from now or two years from now, the deed is done. I've already won. Who cares? Right. Yeah. So I, I think that's actually a very effective tactic from his perspective. Um, This is Trump trying to draw the link between Biden and China. Besides that, how can he make a deal with China when he's taking a lot of money out of China, right? For himself and his family. His son walked away with a billion and a half dollars. He gets fees on a billion and a half. So how can a guy like that? Todd, you go first this time. What do you think? Well, that is fake news because you... I. I don't know how much longer he talked about it, what's before or after, but if he did not connect that to, oh, and by the way, uh, this is the home of the China virus, the one that poisoned the whole world. See, that's what you've got to connect that dot. This isn't just, 
you know, fleecing money from, you know, Bangladesh or something like that. China's the big bad. Make that link. You don't think that was strong enough then? No, no. I mean, it, you, I, you, it's not, it's, people are used to, and, and they're sick of it to a certain extent, but they're kind of, I said this a couple of weeks ago, they're, they're kind of used to the graft, like, you know, these guys are politicians, both sides are a little bit on the take at the, at the very least, you know, so it's not, it's, it's not that big of a surprise. He, he's in bed with China. I, I didn't it, it it and and China is not the even the China of um a year ago when we knew one child policies and we knew about Uyghurs and we knew uh, uh, about a lot of ugliness there and dissidents and mm-hmm. what's happening to them in prisons. Now we know they poison the whole world. You need to slit their throats with that. All right, Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I, I I agree. You have to parlay as much as you possibly can um, without get without it being overwhelming and unsound biteable. You have to parlay everything as far as Joe Biden's overseas dealings, alleged or otherwise, with the fact that we are where we are right now, largely because of our own uh, stupidity. You can't say that part, but you can always blame China because they there is tons of blame to go there you have to be able to parlay and draw those two lines together as well and so I, i'll say this is it's true news but he needs to go even even further and, and along with going on the attack you're protecting your flank they're trying to keep saying like everybody's dead because donald trump it's utter nonsense but you keep reminding people this didn't start here in springfield or something it started in china they did it are you surprised there hasn't been more of that this year yeah but then crazy voices in my head. When does reality win? When, you know. I also wonder, we have so many fault lines in our culture right now. It's really difficult to fixate on just one of them or even to prioritize one of them. Right. Because there's, you feel like there's five other things that you have to address. You throw that in with a guy with his attention span yeah. and it's, it makes it even harder to stay fixated on we, one particular Which issue. goes to my earlier point. We're still talking about Right. Oil and gas, it's amazing because even if it's true, yeah. two days later, what are we talking about? Linton yeah. or Naval? That's a good point. All right. Uh, here is the former Vice President Joe Biden on packing the court. If elected, would you move to add more justices to the Supreme Court? If elected, what I will do is I'll put together a national commission of bipartisan commission of scholars, constitutional scholars, Democrats, Republicans, liberal, conservative. And I will uh, ask them to over uh, 180 days come back to me with recommendations as to how to uh, reform the court system because it's getting out of whack. All right, I was going to go to Aaron first, but given your response, Todd, you go. Just, go we ahead. just don't get reality. It's getting out of whack. That's all fake news. It's like, yeah, there's, there's not going to be, there's not going to be grand commission. This is not going to be done in any grown-up way. No, no, no. That that's is not, and and the commission is not going to be. Uh, it's going to be utterly partisan. Uh, there's, I mean, really, are you going to listen to Jonathan Turley? It's you care what he thinks? He's already told you this is utterly stupid. Joe, you said this was stupid in your past life. That's what I'm talking about. You said just as pass- passionately in your past life. And people are allowed to change their minds. But on something like this, 
You, you should have never been in Congress if you did not fundamentally understand that. That's why everybody was so impressed with Amy Coney Barrett last night when she took her. her did you hear her speech? No. Well, yeah, took her, my wife her, to the movies. Got out was, of the house. It was short and sweet, but it was a perfect fundamental understanding of what the court is and why they're not legislators. That 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 that's how he thinks it's getting out of whack. It's it, we're, our ability to not fool you anymore about what that is is out of whack in his eyes. It's just garbage. To me, Aaron, you go first. I don't want to step on your applause, oh, my man. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I think it's totally true news, except the commission is going to be made up of whoever the judicial version of the Anthony Fauci's and Eric yeah. Feigeldings are yes. the coronavirus. That's what's going to make up the commission. It's just the commission is just a fig leaf to cover what the left has wanted to do, which is, oh, crap, we lost the courts, change the rules so we will win into perpetuity. That's just, that's how they think. They, they don't think in terms of, they never lose, guys. In their minds, they never lose. Never lose. Because they don't. If they lose, yep. if they actually lose at the election, democracy, they preach, uh, for as much as they pre- pre- preach capital D democracy, as soon, you saw this with Brexit, you saw it with Donald Trump, you're going to see it again with the judicial nominee. As, as much as they preach capital D democracy, when democracy gets in their way, eh, we'll do an autocracy. We'll do a, an, uh, an oligarchy. Uh, they will do whatever they need to do. They will change the rules however they need to change them. They will become whatever they need to become except for righteous and truth seekers in order to gain power. So, of course, this is going to happen. And as Todd said, it's going to happen in the most dumb and non-adult way possible because it's what we deserve. They don't lose. I mean, think of – tell me – Tell me what massive policy initiative pushback has been enacted in recent years when Republicans win. I mean, on a national level. I'm sure there have been individual states where you see this. But on a national level, show me where they have been punished nationally for losing an election. Meaning the paradigm shifted. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Show me when that has occurred. Like... I come up with one instance, one since Reagan left office. And that was in January of 1989, four years before Aaron was born. I was a sophomore in high school. Show me when they have been punished from a policy perspective. There's only one thing I can think of. I can think of one, the Brady bill. And then the 1994 midterms. And they have been on the defensive on the gun control issue ever since then. Okay. They've been on the defensive with it. It, It's not a political winner for them nationally. That's the one. That is the one. I'll I'll grant that one. Guns is the one. Name me the second one. What's the other one? Healthcare, taxes. No, no. They're one of the most remarkable things to watch was the, wasn't it like 33 states that had a marriage amendment? On the 32 in a row, 32 in a row, yep. and in places like I mean, Oregon was it? Oregon was one, California. We just like okay, now we're going to define reality here publicly stating there you go. Then Obergefell bathrooms, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter. And everybody rolled over, said, okay, I guess courts have spoken or something. That's the kind of broken that Joe is now kind of worried about because people are like, "Mm, wait, wait, what? See, I I know I, I keep repeating this mantra. But it's important. They're never punished by the policy process. They're punished by you and I, the voters. 
right? Done like Obamacare, 1,000 Democrats lose their office in the next decade or next seven years. Didn't like uh, Nancy Pelosi as speaker, John Boehner becomes speaker, and then Paul Ryan. Right? Didn't like Harry Reid running the Senate, Mitch McConnell takes over. They're punished at the ballot box by us. But then when we, when we empower people as our elected representatives on our behalf, what policy outcomes do they pursue that they punish them? I mean, put this on the shoe on the other foot. If, 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 if the big tech companies were all biased to the right, and there was a Democrat in the White House with control of the FCC, how long would Section 230 <laughs> still be standing? Right. It had been gone oh in three gone in three seconds, not sixty seconds. Nicholas Cage gone in three seconds. This is everything to do what you said about. We're, we're a week away from the election. They're still out there. They took a tweet the president put out last night about voter fraud in Pennsylvania and fact checked it. Nothing. Nothing is done. Most nothing of these Republicans went there to be somebody. Look, Ma, I'm president of the student council. They never went there to fight. They, they just never did. And then they realize how bloodthirsty it is, and it's game over from the minute they walk in the door. It's why there's no point to giving them any power if Trump loses next week. But it, 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 there's no point to it. We're going to get all the same policies anyway. Might as well let the Democrats own it and force it down the American people's throats and let them take all the blame for it. Did you like losing the House to Nancy Pelosi two years ago because of Obamacare? How'd you like them apples? For those of you that disagree with me, want to push back on me on this. How much did you enjoy? How much did you enjoy losing forty house seats because you own Obamacare now? How much did you enjoy that? See, I'm right, and that's why you all get mad at me because you know I'm right. But that's why I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad because I know I'm right too. Because it's not the way it's supposed to work. That's why I'm mad about it. It's why you're mad at me for telling you that. It's supposed to be your side wins, your agenda gets advanced. I know this. I'm mad about it too. But I also can't change it. I tried for almost a decade. Didn't make a dent. Let's let's do one more. This is from Joe Biden. I'm running as a proud Democrat, but I will govern as an American president for everybody. I'll work as hard for those I'll work as hard for those who don't support me as those who do, including those chumps with the microphone out there. That was Joe alluding to Trump uh, supporters heckling him during that appearance. All right. Fake news or not, Aaron, you go. It's uh, it's funny. It's not the same thing, I don't think, as basket of deplorables from 2016, but it is funny. It's funny nonetheless, um, and that's um, it's funny, but but it's also fake news. The people who are necromancing. I mean, Joe Biden's not going to be the president of anything if he's elected. It's not him. I'd like to know who the Frank Underwood is, who's pulling the strings or going to be pulling the strings. Is it is it Kamala, or is it some person you've never heard of before? That's my fear. Somebody who you've never heard of in your life. Somebody's who, you've or never somebody's heard of. you've never heard of in your life, who are just literally moving Joe Biden's hands around on the executive order pens or. Mo- 
that's that's the thing. So of course, of course, they're not going to govern be uh, uh, govern the same or govern for all America. They're going to remake America in their own image, and that doesn't include you, unless of course you bow the knee or slit your throat, lest they slit yours. Well, it's just really funny on its face that more Trump supporters keep showing up to Biden events than Biden supporters. But really, in this environment, pretty darn rich. Well, even before this year, it is the Democrats at Republican events that made a cottage industry of sitting in and pouncing and screaming and yelling and throwing things at you. We, We know this for a fact. And now, how many months on end have we had uh cities held hostage uh by chumps burning things to the ground looting uh, in mostly peaceful protests really these are the chumps again we're totally living in the upside down they're always lying they're always guilty of the thing they're accusing you of always Now it's time uh, to talk about Not Free America. Uh, It's an interesting new book written by Mike Donovan, uh, a guy who has fought tyranny for years uh, and has pushed back on authoritarianism, uh, founder of one of the country's largest pro bono civil rights law firms. Kind of, if you know anything about his profile, he is not a natural fit, you would think, uh, for coming uh, to uh, our side of the argument on a lot of different issues uh, or wanting a book written by him uh, promoted on a show like this. But uh, he has come to a lot of the same conclusions about where these leftists want to take America that people like us have. And in his new book, Not Free America, he points out, hey, the Bill of Rights under attack long before COVID or George Floyd's murder or death, depending on how you look at it. Um, And we don't know how to look at it yet. That's why we're going to have a trial here soon. But Uh, Either way, we have seen those two events have only escalated those threats to our liberty and not free America tries to solve the issue of citizens being used by the government uh, and and find solutions to how we can work together. People of different viewpoints uh, to save liberty in America. If you want to learn more about the book, uh, go to the website, notfreeamerica.com and order your copy today at notfreeamerica.com. Not Free America, what your government doesn't want you to know by Mike Donovan at notfreeamerica.com. Watching those clips, I, I want you guys to know I tried to find better. And then I just decided I'm I'm going to pick a group of clips that probably best embody who the people running are and what their messages are. And all I can say yet again is may this be the last boomer election in America. And may God have mercy on our soul. <laughs> I mean. <sighs> yeah. What a indictable generation. Yeah, I know. Indictable jail. Metaphysical, cultural jail. You suck at life. Years and years and years ago, there was a, it, it's not in print anymore, but uh, there was a book written called England Before and After Wesley. And it was written like in the 40s, I think. And I only know about it from studying the Reformation several years ago. And it was about the the difference that John and Charles, John Wesley, but him and his brother Charles as well, 
who his brother was a great um, uh, songwriter, wrote Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Charles Wesley did, uh, found one of the co-founders of the Methodist Church. And, uh, but it talked about the, fa- the, the impact John Wesley's preaching had on England and how what, what life and policies were like before John Wesley came along and then what it was like afterwards, right? We're going to write the book eventually, America, before and after the baby boom generation. Because the shape that we're going to be left in from the counterculture, there's what America looked like before the summer of love in 1967. And then there's what America has looked like ever since. And we had some deep disagreements. We had national sins we were dealing with before that era, right? Of course, we always do. But there were still ties that bind. There were universal epistemological acknowledgments we had about what is true and what is not. And those things are just completely and totally erased now. And so there was England before and after Wesley, and now we're going to have America before and after the baby boom generation. We'll come back. It'll be Pop Culture Tuesday. Why what happened with Chris Pratt last week is predictable, but could have a silver lining. Next. Stay tuned. You know, diving into the real estate market is always stressful, especially if you're doing the double header where you're selling your current home and buying a new one and you're trying to navigate the timing of all that. I've done that before. Thankfully, I had a real estate agent that I could trust, and that was in an economy that in a market that's more certain than these unprecedented times. Ding! <laughs> Mix that into each broadcast, apparently, in, in this era. Uh, so you want to make sure if you're going into the real estate market, you find an agent that you can trust. Now, where would said agent be found? Well, the name kind of says it all. You'd find him at realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, this is a website started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who got tired of dealing with real estate agents who talked a good game but then didn't deliver the promised results when they were needed the most. And so these are agents all over the country who have had a track record of success that has been fully vetted. Otherwise, they don't get listed. Chances are we can find you an agent you can trust just about anywhere across the country. I'm sure there's some places that's not the case, but in most of the country, the answer is yes. We can find you a real estate agent that you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday, where we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And one of the stories that caught my eye last week is what happened with Chris Pratt. Now, if you don't know the background here, um, Chris, the there was an Avengers Assemble Joe Biden fundraiser in Hollywood last week. Every member of major character in the MCU was represented. Every star that they could get to go was there. But one. There was one notable absence. And it was Chris Pratt. Now, what happened next, you can probably guess. Cancel culture smelled a rat. They smelled a spiritual rooster in their hen house. They've heard Pratt talk about God. That's offensive enough. 
but he'll also talk about Christ. They've seen Pratt do a lot of uh, unifying, do-gooder, patriotic things. Which, even in Hollywood 20, 30 years ago, when it was, it's always been liberal, but even 20, 30 years ago, you know, Kevin Costner, Sylvester Stallone, actors that have kind of gone back and forth between Democrat and Republican, but have still been big time stars. They did all this stuff as well. Stuff for veterans, the stuff you see Gary Sinise do, all kinds of people in Hollywood did this 20, 30 years ago. It's just become so much more left now that Sinise is all like on an island by himself. But basically, Chris Pratt is Tom Hanks with Bible verses. Just an overall nice guy, right? Correct. Just if there's a if there's a do-gooder cause, and I know a lot of times that phrase is used in a in a in a patronizing way. I don't mean it in this case, okay? How about instead of using the term do-gooder, let's say if there's a unifyingly good cause, how's that? Okay. Yeah. If there's a unifyingly good cause, chances are Tom Hanks is involved. And Chris Pratt's involved. I think Chris Pratt's kind of become Tom Hanks with Bible verses. Is that fair? Yeah, I like it. All right. But be, but but Tom Hanks will show up to the Joe Biden fundraiser. Chris Pratt did not. Now, when Trump was out there about a week or two ago, Chris Pratt didn't show up there either. Okay? But rem, remember what we talked about in the first hour of the show? See, if Pratt had showed up at the Trump thing, that would have angered all the same people. But it would have also been within their, um, w- within their rules of engagement. Meaning that you, you, you picked a rival tribe. The fact that Pratt didn't show up at either, but still does these unifyingly good causes, patriotic causes and messages... See, it's his indifference to their tribalism. That's what's offensive. Who who will not wear the ribbon, Steve? Yes, yes. Why come you don't got a tattoo? Yes. And all who gazed upon the beast marveled at the beast. Yeah. Yeah. Why won't you choose? That's what is offensive. It's offensive to not choose a tribe. To these people, even more so than it is to choose the rival tribe. It goes back to what I wrote in my book, Truth Bombs, when I had a CNN producer tell me, well, when we go to book people, we're not looking for your opinions. We're looking for sides. We're looking for tribes. And so the fact that Pratt plays by a different set of rules, lives by a different code, isn't good enough to these people. And so he was predictably annihilated on social media for not showing up because they smelled that, hey, this guy might be a real believer. And he also might be the biggest star in the world right now, certainly one of them. And we can't have that. So he's one of the most likable people in our industry. He might be the biggest star in our industry. And he's he's for real about this Jesus stuff. We can't have that. And so the Intifada was called, and the Inquisition was put on the case. If that's what had occurred here, and like what we talked about earlier where Matthew McConaughey said to Joe Rogan, by the time that I started uh, talking about my beliefs, I was a big enough star that I was invulnerable to this stuff, is what McConaughey said. Pratt, right now, 
is a bigger star than even Matthew McConaughey's ever been. And McConaughey's a big star, but Pratt's a bigger star right now than McConaughey has ever been. So he's pretty much invulnerable to it, to, to, a degree, to a degree I would imagine too. So if this was just the story, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. But it's the way this story ended that I found fascinating, and I think I found a little bit of hope. Because I, I keep telling you guys my concern is a civil war. I am, I am legitimately concerned about it. And, and civil wars happen when one or both sides of a cultural fault line in a country have determined they're no longer willing to live with the other. And sometimes there's a good reason for it. We can't tolerate your enslavement of human beings anymore. Right? That's not always a bad reason why you would come to this conclusion. But that's when a civil war happens. And I fear with, with the spirit of the age, leftists, they're there already. And, and they're putting us in a position where the, the traditional process by which these grievances are to be played out in our system are no longer available to us so that all we have left are our guns. That's what I'm afraid of. Except there was noticeable pushback from Chris Pratt's castmates. Several of them are also major stars. One of the leading pushbackers is a guy that right now might be even a bigger star than Chris Pratt is right now. Robert Downey Jr. Talked about Pratt being a sincere Christian. How good he is to other people. How he sincerely, earnestly tries to live out what he believes. And he has values, but he's apolitical. I will tell you, I did not expect that. I expected a lot more of what happened with Matt, what Matthew McConaughey said to Joe Rogan. Hey, I go win an award. I mentioned God. I see a lot of people sitting on their hands that I pray with on set. Now suddenly they want to go quiet around their peers. Now, I think some of this was probably, well, I want to give the integrity of Pratt's belief system the bulk of the credit here. These people have made a lot of movies together, spent a lot of time together off camera. There's no way you're expending any political capital if you're Robert Downey Jr. for Chris Pratt if he's a fraud. You know what I'm saying? You're not doing it. So I think the bulk of the credit goes to Chris Pratt's own integrity. And what's integrity, again, is not perfection, it's consistency. That's the difference, okay? But I, I think cancel culture itself deserves at least un poquito of credit. Because the way these people then went after Zoe Saldana and these other Hollywood stars that are in this cast with racial blasts and everything else for... Um, you know, not condemning Pratt for not showing up. Whatever doubts 
Pratt's castmates may have had about having his back publicly at such a divisive time. I'm not saying they had any. I don't know any of these people. But if they had any, I'm guessing the way that cancel culture came after them too, that's, that's where human nature just says, NFU, NFU, NFU. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Meaning that it, whatever the odds were prior to cancel culture not just going after Pratt, but then going after his castmates for not condemning Pratt, whatever the odds were that they were going to come out and defend Pratt before that certainly went up after that. Maybe they were already high. We don't know. But they went higher after that. And it's in there I find some hope. We have a, we have a lot of systemic problems as a people right now. We also still have a pretty good thing going here, irrespective of if you've looked at the rest of planet Earth. Can we agree on that? I, I prefer not to burn the village to save it. Now, maybe, we, maybe that will happen. That's God's judgment. It ain't like we don't deserve it to some degree. But I don't know that. And so I'm going to honor the New Testament commandment when it's at all possible, live in peace with everyone. I'm going to offer you peace until that's no longer possible. Then if it's no longer possible, I will give you the fight that you want. Trust me. I'm perfectly fine doing it. Look forward to it too often, to be brutally honest. But I would, I'd prefer not to burn the village to save it. I'd prefer not to chloroform my family room in order to disinfect it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'd prefer that. And maybe there's some hope there that that can still happen in, in America. That that element of the left has can, can even drive the Hollywood left nuts. I saw Sarah Silverman, of all people, yep. coming out and condemning that this week. Yep. Okay? Um, and then maybe there's some hope that if we are sincere about who we are and, you know, and, and we, see, we see, you know, Christ told us that that would happen in the New Testament. But with the sincerity of what we believe, that even the pagans will honor your good character. And I found in a story that is all too typical of this day and age, I found an atypical ending that may give us some hope that this isn't going to ultimately end the way that right now it kind of feels like it's going to ultimately end. Gentlemen, do you have any thoughts? It definitely gives me hope. I've brought this story up several times. I've had these conversations with liberal friends of mine and before 2020 or 2016 ever came along, like, you know, there's, if we keep going down that path, you and I are going to be opposite sides of a very, very messy, messy fight. And will you and I still be able to stand for one another? Will we step over the breach? and heal the, the divide if it's our chance to. I think as much as this has to do with Chris Pratt, I, it may have every bit as much to do with Robert Downey Jr. I, I think he was the first one to step forward. Am I, does anybody that know? I don't know. I think he was first, if I'm wrong about that. But uh, he has a history of doing this. Do you remember a decade ago when he did this for Mel Gibson? He, uh, about a I decade, do now that you mention he, it. Yeah. He's seen the face of Christ because Mel Gibson fell into the whole pa- post-passion of the Christ, uh, you know, life falling apart, marriage falling apart, yep. saying, but before that, 
Robert Downey Jr.'s life was falling apart. And Mel Gibson Jr. had a role that he was writing, and it was it was specifically for Mel Gibson. And Mel Gibson said, Robert Downey Jr. deserves a second chance. He gave it to him, helped resurrect his career, and then at some oh, um, uh, awards ceremony where Robert Downey Jr. got the award, he had Mel Gibson be the one to present it to him, but Mel Gibson had no idea what Robert Downey Jr. was going to show next. I have no idea Robert Downey Jr.'s belief system, but he isn't into hypocritical BS. And he told everybody in that crowd, he who is ca- uh, has not sinned cast the first stone. Otherwise, stop this nonsense. And Mel Gibson's crying in the background. He has a history of doing this because he had been shown at his lowest the great sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. And so that it's where look at what happened now. We're two come in my name. Mm-hmm. We got to see what we saw. I, I'm looking to whether this whether this um, becomes a Sally Cohn, Steve Dace moment where it's like, yeah, we need to tone down the rhetoric here where, where you guys both went on reliable sources mm-hmm. with Ryan Stelter and agreed, you know what? Yeah, the rhetoric needs to tone down. Let's focus on policies here. And then like a week later, she was saying that Republicans literally want to kill people or something like yeah, that. They, they were on a 50 states killing spree. 50 state killing spree. Yeah. yeah. So is this going to be another moment like that? Or is there actually some uh pink pill moment here not a red pill but maybe just something something along those lines because i don't know if you listen to sarah silverman's full uh comments the other day they were pretty striking especially coming from her mm-hmm. i mean it sounded like she actually got it it was like it, it was uh oh crap we're not giving people with cancel culture any path to redemption whatsoever we can't we can't do that that's uh, we're we're going to lose every single issue if we keep doing this and so is that a path to saying hey you know what maybe maybe we should try real pluralism and not just uh progressivism dressed up like pluralism here or is this going to be 50 state killing spree here in another two weeks if you get my yeah i think it's a great a great point you're making if there's if there's actually some willingness to really look in the mirror and to really say, hey, what what are we actually doing with cancel culture? Is this really the effect that we think it has or that we uh, want it to have? I mean, Silverman called it righteousness porn, actually. Uh, if there's some self-awareness there, that's definitely cause for some help. Here's the thing, though. Actually, let's just leave it there. Let's just leave it there. Yeah, let's that leave is, it on a positive for yeah. a change. Yeah, great stuff, guys. We're going to stick around to the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. Don't forget promo code Steve gets you the most discounted rate ever to subscribe at blazetv.com. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.